March 10, 2020 was an unseasonably warm day in Kent, Ohio. It was about 52 degrees outside. I was up at about 8.15 in the morning, and I took my power wheelchair and rode to my class. It took me about 10 minutes to get from where I was located on Kent St. campus, which was in Leibrook Hall, to where my class was scheduled to take place in Franklin Hall. During my drive, I enjoyed the sun's rays beating down on my face as my light blue spring jacket helped protect my chest from the wind. From 9.15 to 10.30, I sent my media diversity class, which was in room 321 of Franklin Hall. But the class was no ordinary class. Instead of talking about the impact of diversity in the media, we discussed the rise in price of sanitizer and how the hand-washing product was over $20 a bottle at Walmart. Now, why was hand sanitizer over $20 a bottle at Walmart? The answer? The coronavirus. The virus had made its way to Ohio over the weekend and nobody really knew what was going to happen. So as soon as my media diversity class let out, I drove back to Leibrick Hall and ordered lunch at the Rogie's Dining Hall located within Leibrick. The grilled cheese I had melted in your mouth like every good grilled cheese should. Then I returned to my dorm room and once, and once the ending of Skip and Shannon Undisputed while probing my backpack for my afternoon class. At noon, when Skip and Shannon concluded, I kept my TV on Fox Sports 1 and listened to the herd with Colin Goward, while I finished packing my bag and slipping back on my spring jacket. At 12.10, I turned off my TV, hopped back in my power chair, and rode back to Franklin Hall for my media enterprise class that was scheduled for 12.30. During that class, we worked a little bit on our group projects, and at that time, we were coming up with a new media startup, but we spent the majority of the class talking about the virus. Word got out that the virus was spreading like wildfire. The whole class, including my professor, were wondering if the Kent campus was indeed going to be shut down. But we didn't think too much about the possibility, considering that no cases had been reported yet in Portage County. When Media Enterprise got out at 1.45, I rode back to my dorm room with the intent on getting some homework done between 2 and 4 p.m. However, my plan was immediately thrown out the window the minute I unlocked the room to my dorm. I packed my power chair into its designated spot, put it on the charger, set my backpack down, and sat down in my black office chair. I grabbed my laptop out of my backpack and put it on my wooden desk I was using on campus. I opened up the same laptop I'm currently using to record this podcast and decided to log on to Twitter to see if any more coronavirus news had broken. Sure enough, the first tweet I saw when I opened up Twitter was from Kent Wired, which was Kent State's student-ran newspaper, and it said that the Kent State campus was being shut down due to the, due to the coronavirus. At that moment, to 10 p.m. on March 10, 2020, I knew my life would change forever. I called my mom and told her campus was being shut down due to the coronavirus. We arranged for her to come get me in the morning. At the time, I was the current web director for Black School Radio, which is KSU's student-run radio station. We typically met as a staff on Tuesday nights, but because of the virus, our meetings were canceled. So with our meetings canceled, I spent all night packing up my belongings. Now, my car ride home with my mom wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Sure, we talked about how crazy the virus situation had become, but we were happy to be together in the same space again and enjoying each other's company. Over the course of the day, after I got home and spent some time with my family, I had a chance to sit back and reflect. I couldn't believe I was back in my childhood home with no schoolwork or BSR meetings to worry about. 
Is it a prepping for class in the morning? I was texting my friends back home, making sure they were okay and wondering about their situation. The whole situation with the virus seemed surreal. What did I know? That night would only get even more surreal. Around 8 p.m., just before the tip over the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder NBA game, a Jazz team doctor informed the officials that the Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert had tested positive for the virus. As a result, the game was canceled and the NBA suspended its season until further notice. Then, less than 24 hours later on March 11th, the World Health Organization, which is of course WHO, officially declared the coronavirus disease as the COVID-19 pandemic. Soon after, Kent State announced all in-person activity on campus would be suspended until the end of the semester, and the NCAA canceled the 2020 March Madness Tournament. It was official. The COVID-19 pandemic was here, and it was here to stay. Sports, outside of wrestling, were not coming back anytime soon, as WWE was the only sport running live at that time, and they ran their flagship show, Friday Night Smackdown, from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, without any fans in attendance. Now, since my youth, I was always interested in sports, and I knew I wanted to one day work in the sports industry. Binge-watching sports games every night was the only thing I knew because I thought it was normal, since sports were on literally every day and every night of the calendar year, including holidays. 365 days a year, no exceptions. So when the sports world was shut down due to the pandemic, I didn't out the blues or cry. Instead, my creative mind shifted to new avenues. I began to watch more sitcoms. It's not that I never watched any sitcoms before, but my focus was now primarily on them since there were no ball games to view. And with no sports to write about, I decided to write about them, whether it was about Last Man Standing or Outmatched. And I quickly realized I do not miss sports. And there was more to life than being obsessed about the final score of a random NBA game on a Wednesday night in January. Now, COVID not only helped me overcome my mental health battle, which I talked about in a podcast with my good friends Andrew Backus, Sophie Hudson, and Molly Buckner back in December, but my obsessive fatigue with the sports world, and it relit my passion for writing. I've always had a passion for writing since I was in grade school, whether it was receiving written prompts in school or simply making up stories in my imagination outside of the classroom. I've written narratives ever since I could start typing. But the pandemic reinvigorated my passion for writing and storytelling that goes beyond journalistic writing. Throughout my four years of Golden Flash, I worked on countless stories. Now, whether they were sports stories or feature stories or news stories or, or opinion columns, I loved using the power of the keyboard and the alphabet to shape my voice and to connect my readers for the words I typed on pages of word documents. Most important thing I think I learned in college was the use of the eye character. I learned the eye character in the story can be the most powerful character ever created if the character is presented strongly by the author. I've used that approach more and more since I graduated last spring. Whether it's through my own podcasting network here on Brandon's World, whether it's through Believe Land Media's All Things Cast podcast, or my written content for Believe Land Media or Media. In every piece I have written or in, or in any audio piece that I have done, including any podcast that I have produced, I have made sure the eye character has a voice that my readers and listeners connect with. I have always believed in, in authenticity, and I believe I have given you 
the reader of the narratives and the listener of these podcasts. An authentic look at who I am as a person through my journey as a young broadcaster out of a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. So when the world adventure essentially stopped in March of 2020, something else happened. I went back to my childhood. Now don't ask me why, but I had an early mid-2000s renaissance. I dragged out my old gaming system. I played all my old games. And I watched a lot of the shows I used to watch when I was growing up. One of those shows was Yu-Gi-Oh! Now I was never a Pokemon fan, but I was the biggest fan of Yu-Gi-Oh! Moto in the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. So was the rest of my family. I would wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning every Saturday to watch Yugi and his friends navigate their way out of trouble with the use of the power of the heart of the cards. My cousins and I would bring our dual disc and decks over to each other's houses on holidays and duel while we were waiting for dinner. Watching the Ciroboro Calcos take souls away, I always thought was the greatest invention ever created. Therefore, I'm currently playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel and I'm enjoying doing other opponents online and learning that I'm not the only self-proclaimed nerd in the world who loves dual monsters. Also, before March of 2020, if you would have told me I would spend a whole weekend in 2022 watching an Arthur Marathon, I would have told you there was no shot. I loved the aardvark as a kid, as did almost every American child. There's a reason why I know aardvark is spelled A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. But like every human, I grew out of this show as I reached my teen years. However, when I heard the show was ending after 25 years, I immediately got emotional. Now, like SpongeBob, I never thought Arthur was going to end. Heck, I never thought Arthur, Buster, Francine, Muffy, Bingy, Brain, and the rest of, of, of our animal friends from Elwood City would leave third grade. But for research, I discovered that I wasn't the only one who was invested in the Arthur series. The power of the internet allowed me to discover a whole fan base of Arthur fans for a startup called the Frensky Star, which was named after the newspaper Francine started in 2001 in the episode Citizen Frensky. President's Day weekend of 2022 brought me back to my childhood one more time, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching the final four episodes of the Arthur series and seeing characters of my childhood all grown up. I'm not sure I would have been as excited or nervous as I was for the ending of Arthur if it wasn't for the pandemic helping me explore different aspects of life. The last two years have been difficult for everybody worldwide. Jobs were lost. Loved ones passed on. Relationships ended. Simply put, lives were changed forever because of the coronavirus disease 2019 pandemic. But, if there's one good thing that came out of this horrible disease, it's that new ways of doing everyday activities were found. Pre-COVID, nobody thought working from home was sustainable 365 days a year. And now, working from home, doing schoolwork on Zoom, podcasting, is a part of our everyday culture. I would argue the virus came at a perfect time in my life. At the time of March 10, 2020, I was still mostly a sports-minded person. My mind would think about sports 24-7, 365, every day, every second of every year. I would think about what ball game was being played each night and how I could watch said ball game. 
Don't get me wrong, I'm obviously still hosting my own sports podcast. I'm still vastly involved in sports. That will never go away. I love writing about sports. I love working in sports. I love talking about sports. There's nothing better than a rational sports debate with friends. But COVID simply helped expand and broaden my horizon. Now I can have an in-depth conversation about music, design, TV shows, movies, radio, podcasts. I couldn't have those types of conversations prior, prior to the pandemic. Heck, if you guys remember, I did a podcast on Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Go look it up. And so because of that, COVID might have saved some relationships I had. It for sure started some friendships I wouldn't have had otherwise. For that, two years later, I can admit, COVID changed my life in a positive way.